welcome back to the itinerary. Hello, everybody. I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Jared. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in last week for our 2019 year in review episode. And like I told Jared, we shouldn't have done it at that point because my answers have already changed for some. That's okay. Just wanted to give you an overview of the year. We told you what was coming. Euro trip, uh, December edition. Going yeah, and on. so if my answers have changed already, that would mean I either love or hate Copenhagen. True. True. We, will, we will find out on this episode because... All this and more. All this and more. <laughs> Good tease. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Nim Hotel in downtown Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, beautiful spot. We're going to get into how we got here, what we did, what we ate everything coming up on this episode thank you so much if you want to follow along on our journey go to the instagram page at the itinerary travel uh just give us a follow there um you can also head to the website the itinerary travel.info if you want to put uh book trips on points and miles happy to help you out there you have them saved up you don't know what to do you want to go away you don't want to spend thousands of dollars boom there you go. Just go to the website, the itinerarytravel.info, hit the contact us tab, send in a message, and then uh, a lot of good pictures and videos um, on the Instagram page at the itinerary travel. Um, some from this week in Copenhagen. So go check it out. Um, are you ready to discuss this awesome city? So you think it's awesome? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see about it. Let's do it. So, how did we get here to Copenhagen? Well, it wasn't a direct route, that's for sure. Um, there was only one direct flight from New York to Copenhagen on Scandinavian Airways SAS. That was about uh, $5,000 too much, I would say. So, we ended up doing American uh, in premium economy to London and then transferring to British Airways, about an hour and a half flight there. Um, so, an American... When you, you fly international on a lot of these carriers, you have the option of premium economy. A lot of people don't really know what that is. They think maybe it's a little more legroom. That's true. But uh, you get a wider seat. You get a lot more recline. You get, um, I would say, a partial footrest. Um, doesn't go up all the way like a, like a lie flat seat. in the back, obviously, doesn't go back. But it's definitely more comfortable. So uh, we paid cash for this ticket, the miles was not even worth it. And the business class, which we're doing on the way back from Finland, so um, we'll obviously talk about that in a later episode. Um, they wanted about $2,000 more to fly business on American than premium economy, basically one row ahead. So uh, we took it. We had the exit row. Um, it was perfectly fine, I thought, for the six and a half hour flight. Um, decent food, but mostly... You're getting that for the seat and the comfort of it. I know you slept probably about half of that flight. Yeah. And I did not, but um, good entertainment, good service. So no real issues um, there. And it actually ended up costing less than if we were to get economy. It was just kind of the deal. Sometimes you look at different fares and if you manipulate it, I guess the right word would say, in a certain way, um, premium economy could be less than coach for whatever reason. 
Yeah, and I've even seen that with miles, especially on American Airlines, their advantage saver. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've gotten business class for less miles than economy. Yeah, so um, spent about two hours in London Heathrow, went into a priority pass lounge, and then British Airways, um, not my favorite. They make you pay for a seat in advance if you want to do that. We didn't do it. We got two together. Um but we're boarding and they required me to check my carry-on bag, which in the end wasn't a big deal because we were checking bags anyways, but they wouldn't even let me try to fit it on. And there was ample space. There was like five overhead bins that were empty, completely empty. So that kind of ticked me off. And then the seats had like barely any leg room. I mean, we're talking 29 inches of, of pitch. So luckily nobody was in our middle seat, which was nice. Um, Tight squeeze, short flight. So uh, get to Copenhagen and the taxis, I mean, it's an overall theme of this episode. Copenhagen's a damn expensive city for everything. Um, there's no Uber, there's no Lyft. So um, you take a taxi. It's easy right outside the airport, um, about 30 to 40 minutes to the lovely Nim Hotel, which uh, we're at right now in a perfect spot of the city but let's talk about how copenhagen looks on the map because i didn't realize that it was separate from denmark proper and i also didn't realize how close copenhagen was to sweden yeah it's it's like a peninsula and then mainland denmark um is to the west a little bit obviously copenhagen's the capital city but just 20 minutes to sweden over the bridge that's it Yeah, and so even at the airport, they had two separate taxi areas, one going to Sweden, the other one going (laughs) to Copenhagen. You could get a Danish cab or a Swedish cab. Um, And it's interesting, the Danish cabbies were saying that the Swedish taxis jack up the price a lot more than anywhere else. So just like be prepared and we're like, oh, we're not going to Sweden. Um, But they, you know, it was kind of like... just an argument between the two and kind of putting the other one down. That was also what we saw when we were in Portugal. They hate the, the Spanish. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, very nice cabs, though. They're, they're like all Mercedes, which... To the point Have where, you seen that before? Yes, in Europe, because that's where Mercedes and BMWs are made. And so it was so funny. It's a German car. Yeah, both of them are German. Yeah. But you were so skeptical at first to get in the cab... And I was like, Jared, they're they're all Mercedes. Like, it's well, they because- weren't all. There was probably ninety percent that were Mercedes. There were some Toyotas. You were like, I want a basic cab. No, there were some like, Toyotas in I there because like, is- we had this issue in Dubai. A couple well, the Toyota of, you know, is considered an import because that's Japanese. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago, where in Dubai, there was a separate line for but Mercedes. That was, but that was so obvious. Because they had like the fancy black cars, and then yeah. they had the regular taxis. So. Um, as I mentioned, no Uber or Lyft. Uh, you either can pay in Danish Krone, the currency, or credit card. Super easy. Um, just <laughs> be prepared to shell out some dough, uh, as it's quite expensive. Um, you know, a cab from the airport wa- was probably, what, $65, $70, something like that. 65 Yeah, and just to get around town, like, we'll talk about where we went to eat and all that jazz. Um, but like 40 bucks to go 10 minutes. So excellent city, just quite pricey. Um, so we ventured off to where we are now, the Nim Hotel, um, which is in, if not the best, one of the best areas of the city. Um, 
it's is it inside Tivoli Gardens or Tivoli? Just, sorry, Tivoli Gardens. We practice this guy so many times. Practice your pronunciation. <laughs> Tivoli um, Gardens. Um, it's right next to it. Yeah. So and it was built that way because. Tivoli Gardens was built in 1843. The Nim Hotel wasn't built until 1909. So it was definitely done on, on purpose. What, a, right next what to a charming place this is. Um, from the outside in the front, it's pretty unassuming. But if you go towards the back where the gardens are, it's like a magical palace. Yes. It, it's incredible. Um, obviously an older hotel that has been redone and refinished. Yeah, it was fully refinished about three years ago. Um, it was renovated as well as expanded. And so the front of the hotel is the newer portion. So that's why it looks different in the back. Um, it was previously, I want to say like 18 rooms and then they renovated it. It's now 38 rooms. And so we had the pleasure of staying in one of the older rooms, which has been renovated, which I actually prefer because it has the original wood-burning fireplace. fireplace. Yeah, and they come lighted on demand whenever, whenever you want. Um, Jared's Jared's called them at four a.m. He's called- <laughs> hey, it's four a.m. Light my fire. You said any time. Yeah, there's no like working hours there. <laughs> Just said any time. Oh, I'm up because of jet lag. Light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> um, but the staff has been incredible here. Um, the nicest people. So accommodating. So accommodating. Um, so they have. Just an excellent bar in the hotel, too. It was on our floor. We were on the second floor. Um, this was straight out of the 1920s. Um, or so it seemed. A big... If if the fireplace in your room wasn't enough, they have a large fireplace in there. Big chandeliers. Um, Pianist playing. Yeah, like comfortable couches. So we um, grabbed a drink there. The first night. The first night. And then we did afternoon tea. Um, on the second day, which was fantastic. Um, so they have that bar, and then they have downstairs uh, where we ate breakfast, which was surprisingly one of the best omelets we've ever had. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it was, was awesome. Excellent. And um, <laughs> so we're big uh, iced coffee drinkers. So usually when you order an iced coffee, it's kind of like in a small glass. So after we have the Anywhere first one... Anywhere outside of the U.S., I, I want right. to say this is how they serve So it. after the first one, they kind of picked up on this, and the second one we had was in a big pint, uh, beer glass, a pint glass. So uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, and so I think one of the things I really love about the NIM is it's definitely a boutique hotel, only has 38 rooms. Um, and so there are two restaurants on premise, but since they clearly have a relationship with Tivoli Gardens, they have several restaurants within the gardens as well. Um, and to talk a little bit about Tivoli Gardens is, so as I mentioned, it was originally built in 1843. So there are a ton of rides there, but also one of the interesting things about it is that Back in 1843, obviously traveling to different continents, different countries was not as easy. So they had the idea to bring in restaurants, food vendors from around the world to give uh, Danish citizens a taste of food, you know, from Asia or India. And I thought that was so cool. And to this day, those places are still standing and you can definitely 
see that there's like remnants of China there and Japan based on what these, you know, stations, restaurants look like. Um, and another benefit of staying at our hotel is that Tivoli Gardens is the second most populated um, seasonal theme park next to Europa Park. And so the lines to get in are massive. But so if you're staying at our hotel, there's a back entrance. And so you don't have to pay. You don't have to wait. And so you also can ride unlimited rides. And so we looked it up. It's $62 US dollars a person for entrance, entrance. plus unlimited rides. So definitely a good savings. And for me, more importantly, I'm the most impatient person. So Jared's laughing. You could laugh aloud. Um, <laughs> but so to not have to wait in line for me um, was a game changer. Yeah. We... Oh, and also the last part about it is, and you thought that it reminded you of Bryant Park because of the holiday markets. So we're here, like it's it's literally Christmas time. They call it the festive season. And so it is just so festive, so beautiful. The weather is, I want to say, a bit warmer than New York, so there's no snow, but they've, of course, made it look like a winter wonderland, and you have all these holiday markets. Um, I got Arlene Gulnick some nice leather gloves, so yeah. Okay, there's a shout out. Um, so I would, yeah, it's a cross between Bryant Park and an old school amusement park, I would say, and it does have that winter wonderland feel. It has the big, uh, what is it, uh, the crystal trace um, in there. Swarovski. Yes, that's <laughs> it. And it's not like, we were wondering, is it fake snow? Is it paint? Oh, did you look this up? No, I didn't, but I'm just going off what we felt. It, it kind of felt like paint, like a wet paint. Like a puff paint. Yeah, something like that. When you like were that. a kid, yeah. Uh, but it looked excellent on there. Um, looked like it was all snow. Yeah. And one of the things Melissa mentioned was the entrance. Uh, we didn't do any of the rides, but they had some pretty big, impressive rides there. So um, not only do you get the entrance fee, they can just let you in. But if you get a wristband from the hotel, you can go on any one of these rides that you want. And it probably, the, the park is big. Like, it took us about a half hour to walk around um, the perimeter of it. And one other note, besides the gardens that um, is nice for the hotel... There's a major taxi stand right outside the hotel across the street at the train station. So um, no problems ever getting a taxi um, where you want to go. Or if you want to take the train. We're, we're just... Yeah, you could do that. We're just not sure. those people. Uh, <laughs> right. So one of the nice things um, besides afternoon tea that we did that um, the NIM was nice enough to hook us up with was massages at the spa. Which was lovely. Yeah, so when they did the renovation, they put in a spa, and it's completely state-of-the-art. It's so beautiful. Do you remember they had the, like, actual, like, trees and leaves inside the spa? Kind of, like, created this modern rainforest. Garden, if you will. Garden. There you go. <laughs> Ugh, you're such a wordsmith. Um but so, yeah, we had a couple's massage. Jared and I were joking about this because we don't know if we're doing this wrong or not, but... Are you supposed to speak during a couple's massage? Because we don't want to speak to each other during massages. I think that's a big no-no. You're not supposed to talk at all, even if you're not doing a couple's massage. So then, if you're not if you're not talking, then like, what is the point? Well, of I said that to you, and I'm I'm agreeing with you. I I I like having you in in the in the same room as me always, but I just didn't know if we were doing anything yeah, wrong. Right, it wouldn't make 
any difference like if we were in separate rooms because number one we don't see each other number two we don't talk to each other yeah i was also obsessed with my masseuse i'm gonna say it was probably the best massage of my life whoa i told you that at the time i was so relaxed and then jared and i also both have terrible calluses on our feet it's probably tmi and they uh, definitely yes they definitely noticed that and so they did this awesome foot treatment for us and so this is what I want to tell people about, these socks that they gave us. Okay. So I'm always grossed out by putting lotion on my feet and then socks on because I feel like it just like, it, I almost feel like it's like a place where then where mold is going to attract because of like the dampness. Anyway, these socks are from Meraki. So it's M-E-R-A-K-I. All of the um, shampoo, conditioner were from this line within the hotel, but the inside of the sock was rubber. So I felt like the previous grossness I I would feel was not there. And it made my feet so soft. And I'm going to use them at home. A lovely gift for you. Yes, a lovely gift. Um, so besides the spa and the bar and the afternoon tea, um, we went to lunch right outside the hotel. Yeah, so as I had mentioned, the on-site the hotel only has two restaurants. But within the gardens, they have several. So for we... Nim. we is it Furnim or Frunim? Mm, for tomato, tomato, yeah, tomato, for tomato. Uh, but yeah, so since it is the festive season, we did a traditional Danish lunch for Christmas. What was your favorite part of the Danish lunch? I actually loved the fried fish filet. That, that was very good. Mine was the snaps, which was not a food. It was a drink. Um, so snaps, it's interesting. Uh, if you get a liqueur, you know, in the States, uh, usually lower alcohol content, like a limoncello or a Bailey's or whatever you get, like probably like 15, 20% max. So the snaps are 40% alcohol. So they're pretty strong come in a variety of flavors. I think 30 overall. Yeah. So we had the fig and then I had the honey chili, which was excellent. Which did you like better? that's Um, tough i probably like like the fig that's so interesting because i thought that the honey chili tasted like limoncello and you love limoncello definitely did not taste like limoncello there is no lemon in there (laughs) okay (laughs) they were both very good um but you know comes in basically like a little shot glass you sip it very nice but as for the food so um we did the traditional Danish Christmas lunch feast. I was proud of us. Some of that stuff on there was definitely out of our comfort zone. But we tried it. I'm really happy we tried it. Um, I grew up with my father eating creamed herring all the time, never trying it because I didn't like the way it looked. They served us pickled herring. I tried it. Happy I tried it. Don't never have to, to try it don't again. Don't need to eat it again. <laughs> so herring and smoked salmon, um, first course. Yeah. Then the fried fish with a mustard tartar sauce, which was very good. Like lightly, lightly Yeah, fried. I don't like fried Me food. Either. I really like this. It was excellent. Um, the main course was a combination of pork and duck. And liver. Oh yeah, and liver. Just we blocked it out. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not liver fans. No, not at all. And then the dessert, um, you had a cherry almond 
You keep forgetting something? what the actual Oh, sorry, bread pudding, was. bread pudding. Rice pudding. Rice pudding. Well, I didn't have it, so I only saw the top of your thing. Okay. So I saw the cherries and I saw the almonds. So a rice pudding underneath, and I had like an apple crisp. Very good. Um, I'll give two thumbs up to the traditional Danish Christmas feast. Yeah, no, super glad we did that. Um, that was pretty much um, the wrap for, for the Nim Hotel. Um, excellent view from our room out into the gardens. Sir, the staff was so accommodating and great. Um, just a lot of different stuff to do in, you feel like you're back in time, but with a modern twist, which we always like. Yeah. And then it's very convenient to get around. Yeah. Super convenient to get around. Um, Jared said it was the most popular or there's another area. I'm actually really happy with the area in which we stayed. I also think the fact that it's across the street from a taxi stand and a train station is a clutch move. Um, and it's the only hotel in Copenhagen that made Condé Nast Traveler's Gold List. And you know I am a list snob, so I was very happy about that. And that list just came out, and we obviously booked our travel long before the list came out. So I am <laughs> Ahead cut- of the curve. I am cutting edge. So that was, yeah, that's the gist of the hotel. Um, the first day when we got there, um, I took a nap right away. You went on a tour um, of the facility, and then... Facility sounds like an institution. <laughs> of the hotel. Um, and then I walked around the grounds a little bit, gardens, kind of got a feel for it on my own. And then we kind of came together, and our first dinner um, was at Geranium, which is listed, currently listed as the number five restaurant in the world. Um, it is actually in the National Danish Soccer Stadium, Inside the stadium, um, kind of behind one of the goalposts, it's on the eighth floor of a building. So I think that we need to clarify that a little. So it's not like you're having dinner inside the soccer stadium with the rest of the attendees of the game. No, it's a completely separate building that overlooks the soccer stadium, but you are in fact inside yeah. The stadium. Okay, I just wanted to So clarify. if people are listening, um, like in Toronto, if anybody has been to the Sky Dome there, or formerly the Sky Dome where the Blue Jays play, there is a hotel in center field. So some of the rooms overlook the stadium. So, you know, if you look out your window, you could be seeing the outfield there. It's kind of like that situation. So uh, we went back inside the kitchen for a tour, and that's where we saw the actual stadium. Now, the outside in the dining room... You don't know you're in there at all. Completely different. So um, let's set this up a little. Geranium is listed very high. Um, (laughs) If you're a top five restaurant in the world, uh, you got to be doing something right, or you would hope so. So it's also the only three Michelin star restaurant in which is pretty crazy. Like Noma's didn't get three Michelin stars. Hmm. Um, So why don't you set the scene? We go up in this elevator. how does the restaurant look? What's the vibe to it when you walk in? Yeah, it's super clean, very light wood floors, white walls. 
when you walk in to the right, there's a very modern um, fireplace that's enclosed in glass. And then when you walk to the other end of the restaurant, there's the plating kitchen. There are about 12 chefs out there. And so to explain what a plating kitchen is, it's basically once the food is already prepared, you then have chefs that are basically making it look pretty. Um, and I would say that if you're having a dish like a crudo or something where, you know, salmon crudo, Crudo, it's not cooked the plating chef is probably spending the same amount of time if not more making it look good as cooking it is is that just for show for the people in the restaurant or is it necessary do you think like that plating could be done in a regular kitchen right oh yeah it's it's definitely for show yeah because if you look at all the chefs and there was probably 10 to 12 of them there they're all using like these little tweezers mm-hmm. to pick up the food and and the tweezers they're like food surgeons well the, the tweezers is interesting that they use that because the portions at this restaurant were so damn tiny that it was unbelievable yeah. um i had a lot of issues with the place number one was the portion size number two was the price point super expensive for for what it was yeah it was 2500 krone um including tax. And so the tax there is 25%, which is astronomical. Not just at this restaurant, in all of Copenhagen, yeah, it's well, 25%. A, rest- a restaurant cannot decide to charge 25% tax No, but I'm saying own. on everything, yes. sales tax is 25%. Yes. yes, yes. So we booked this back in September, the restaurant. They charge a deposit, etc. At the time, it was 2,500 krone, which is 372 US dollars. By the time we went there, the menu price actually went up to 2,600 krone, which is like $384, depending on Absolutely the conversion insane. that day. Um, the trick is, is that you don't know what kind of experience you're going to have. If you're super into food, like both of us are, and you're fortunate enough to have the means to go to a place like that, I say you should do it. And I don't regret doing it. I just think that we had better meals on the trip in comparison. I guess when you were doing your research and you were reading reviews or seeing videos or listening to podcasts, whatever you were doing, did any of this stuff come up in your research, like these kind of complaints? I actually didn't really research this restaurant that much. I... I'm obsessed with the world's best list because I think unlike Michelin, you can be located anywhere around the world and have a restaurant that makes that list. Michelin, you have to. I think that there's something that goes along with like the tourism board of of that region where it's kind of like a payoff. So I actually think that the world's best is the most truthful of any of them. And so it was top five. So I was like, if I can get a reservation, we're going. Um, I mean, what did you think about the food quality, the taste, all that? I know one of your favorite dishes, they had a lobster dish. And I mean, just to go back to what you said about research, even like okay. the podcast we're doing, I think that we try our hardest to give an honest, you know, interpretation of our experiences. Right. And... Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, right? And so I could have read a zillion reviews saying that people didn't like that place. I would have still wanted to go because I have my own POV. There are a lot of restaurants that I love that people don't like. There are a lot of restaurants that people love that I don't like. And I'm grateful that I've been given the opportunity to have those experiences firsthand. 
Okay, going back to my going question. Going back to your question. Okay. So, the food. I thought the food was good. I thought that they served 18 courses, which even if you're taking a bite might seem like a lot, but it's not. So, I think that I started getting nervous by the second to last food versus dessert that I was nowhere near full and this extravaganza was going to cost us nearly $1,000. Crazy. Um, yeah, I thought the food was good, not great. Um, there was the lobster dish, which was good, which was one bite. And there was a duck dish that was good, that was one bite. And those were probably your main courses there. There was uh, nothing wrong with the food. Like, I didn't taste anything and was like, oh, this is awful. I would say actually... The majority, everything I tasted, I was like, oh, this is great, but it's not a lot of food. And they even gave us a bread course. And so normally a bread course will fill you up, but like, I didn't love the bread, actually. I felt like there was a lot of seeds. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it didn't deserve a number five ranking in the world, and it didn't deserve three Michelin stars. Like, I think three Michelin stars, excellent service. Like, if I take a sip of water, like, your eyes are on me the entire time. You're going to refill that glass every second. I thought the service was good, but it wasn't, like, three Michelin star worthy. So I was surprised that it kind of got all that praise and accolades. I thought the service was great. I think that I told you how much the meal was early on, and based on that, it... I think that does have, like, a big influence on it. I agree with you. I think that if you were getting 18 courses for $110, you'd be like, (laughs) okay, it's okay if I'm not completely satiated. Like, it was $110, but... When you're spending $400 before wine and beer and alcohol, that's a lot of money. It is. So, okay, that was our first night dinner at Geranium. Then um, we had breakfast at the hotel the next day, and then we got on really to the the main event of Copenhagen, I would say. I mean, you, you wanted to go to Copenhagen and start this Euro trip December 2019 – there because of basically one reason and that was Noma. Yeah. So Jared gave me we're we're doing three different places on this trip, Copenhagen being the first. Jared gave me and this is the only city we're doing. Jared gave me a number of places in Scandinavia that he was interested in and then as soon as he said Copenhagen, I was like, "Oh, done. I've always wanted to go to Noma. They're also supposed to have other amazing restaurants." Germany geranium was one of them so then i started looking into it and i realized that all of these restaurants in copenhagen were closing for the the year i guess even the decade right (laughs) um december what was it 21st was the Mm -hmm. last service so that was how we decided to do copenhagen so we were there on the day of their last service for the decade yes because they don't do a dinner service on saturday so let's set up noma for those of you that don't know um if not the most famous restaurant in the world, one of them. And by famous, I mean um, just well-known around around the globe. Um, if you go to any fancy dining establishment, there's usually a chef or a front-of-house staff member that has worked at Noma. Um, the chef, uh, Rene Rizepi, mm-hmm. um, just has kind of built an empire out here in Copenhagen. I mean, he also has 100 chefs, which I did not know prior to going. Um, So initially I was like, is this guy just like an amazing talent scout? But if you do law of averages and you have 100 chefs working in your kitchen, 
you're a you're bound to be you know working with a future rising star. So Noma was um, closed twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen um, for a year, and then they moved basically down well, they the were street. Also expanding. Yeah, they were expanding. So. Um, I think one of the best things that can happen to a chef is you start out on your own, you open a restaurant, you, you want to start small because you, you don't know that it's going to be a hit and more restaurants than not fail. So he had a huge hit. He was, there was too much demand. So so this space that they moved into is 10 minutes outside the city center. Um, it's along a canal. It, it kind of feels like you're in the countryside there. And just a beautiful property in the front there's like a greenhouse there's a garden they have a bakery they have a fermentation center and then you get back into the real restaurant part and it's not that big yeah i think the majority of restaurants in copenhagen are very focused on sustainability so at noma they're trying to serve you as many things that they're able to grow bake etc on their own so this was if not the best meal I've ever had, the top in the top three, the best meals I've ever had. And the vibes were very similar to another restaurant that's in my top three, and that's Blue Hill Stone Barns um, outside New York City in Tarrytown. Um, just the same kind of feel to it. Um, large number of chefs, open kitchen. They take you around. The food is out of this world. So that's where I got vibes of, of from and... Just the food was incredible, like, and the experience was incredible. So I was actually surprised that it's only two Michelin stars and not three. Um, it's currently ranked number two in the world. I'm sure in due time it will make it to the number one spot, if not this June when the list comes out, maybe, maybe next year. But it, it certainly deserves that praise. So And you- I I ate at the number one restaurant, Marizer, on a girls' trip a couple of years ago, and I will say that I liked Noma better than that. Number one restaurant this year because it's important to note that previous number ones are not allowed on the list anymore. Correct. Um, so El Cellar, where we went to outside Barcelona. Over or the summer. Asteria Franciscana in Modena in Italy, not allowed on it anymore. So the number ones will change. So Noma is probably on its way <laughs> there. Um, so when you walk in, the first of all, the front door is made up of all antlers, which is pretty cool. I have a cool. question to ask. So yeah. right now it's reindeer season, so hence the antlers. Do you think that they change that facade seasonally? No. No, that's like a... I don't think so, but I, okay. I could be wrong. Um, so great photo op outside the front door. Then you walk in and it basically a hundred people say hello to us. Uh, front of house staff, and then all the chefs line up and say, hello, 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 when you walk in. Everyone's really fucking happy to see you. <laughs> I don't know if they're just, like, happy to get your money or what, or it was the last service of the decade, so they yeah. had, like, a couple of weeks off. But my mouth and- hurt from smiling <laughs> so much. And maybe the th- the two Michelin versus the three Michelin has something to do with the decor and what the staff is dressed in. So... The decor is very simple, right? It's a lot of wood. Um, you feel maybe like you're in a greenhouse or something like that. The chefs and the wait staff are in t-shirts, um, mostly. And so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't care about that, but... Yeah. Um, Mr. Mr. Fancy Hoodie doesn't care. <laughs> fancy Hoodie. Hey, I love, I love a good fancy hoodie. 
Um, My favorite is when I try and tell Jared he's dressed inappropriately. He will then quote me the brand that he is wearing. And he's like, it's Theory. I'm like, I know what it is. I bought it for you. You cannot wear a hoodie to a fancy family gathering. Thank you. Or number two restaurant in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't. So there. There. Um, So how many courses would you say? This was similar, like 18 courses. Yeah, 18 courses. um, Just out of this world food. Like from the moment we sat down and the first thing you eat is this baked apple with a, um, it looks like an insect, but it's really a piece of black garlic. On the inside, if you go to the Instagram page at the itinerary travel, you can check it out there. Um, and just the courses came left and right, and every bite was outstanding. And some of the highlights, for me at least, they had this four-part duck course where um, it was duck heart tartare, which probably sounds disgusting, but it was great. Um, they also had Doug, duck leg, which was on an actual duck leg that you ate it off of, like a skewer which was super good. And then they had some other interesting things like reindeer brain. But going back to the duck, they also served you a course on the duck's beak. Correct, yeah. And then they had the breast. Yeah, so the the plating was just wildly impressive. Um, And the creativity also. I like, I want to go to a restaurant and eat some really weird shit, but not (laughs) be grossed out. And I think that Noma was the... Uh, like gold standard for doing that like we just said we ate reindeer brains we ate duck heart i wasn't grossed out by any of it and i thought it was delicious yeah it's not something like if you had a menu in front of you you would order it never would order it if they're gonna bring it out and you know it's gonna be this type of quality you try it it's not like a huge portion um the portions were certainly bigger than geranium which was very nice and it it just consistently wowed me and that's what i'm looking for in these types of restaurants that are, you know, ranked number two in the world. Like, it has to wow you. And Noma certainly did. Um, so we had, you know, 16 to 18 courses. Probably the last three to four were desserts. And then, guys, what do you think Melissa wanted to do right after we finished this epic, fantastic meal? I'll give you a second to think. Do you want, do, can I guess? You can tell them what you wanted to do after this. Okay, so... And I don't want any fluff. Just tell them what you wanted to do. I want to tell a story. Okay, so I love Condé Nast Traveler, and I love Bon Appetit. And Bon Appetit did a Copenhagen City Guide, and they had all these pictures of croissants. So I became obsessed with having an almond croissant, which is my favorite pastry... In Copenhagen. And we were only there for, what, 40 hours? So I had a limited amount of time. So I told you that what I wanted, and I wanted you to find me a bakery that was close to, what is the area that we were going to after lunch? Nyvan. And so that was the opportunity I was going to have to eat the almond croissant. And that, now let's get this out of the way. That's croissant with an R or without? I I like to do a silent R. Maybe I have a... um, a lisp or a speech impediment who knows so let's just let's get to the facts here um you ate at the number two restaurant in the world you had a 16 to 18 course tasting menu which included three to four desserts and directly after that you got in a cab and you went to go to a bakery to have a almond croissant that is correct i mean that takes guts right there 
but you did it. And like I did it in fitted hat, leather pants. Hats off to you. That I was able to keep on. Oh, you were. You didn't have to unbutton, really, in the they middle had of the no, street. They had no button. Or unzip. I have been unbuttoning my pants, though, <laughs> in the middle of the street. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> my diet starts tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had that. And that was around the main area, which is uh, Nyavan, um, 17th century canal with these colorful buildings along the side streets, many food vendors if you needed more. Um, just a lovely place to walk around cobblestone streets. Wait, it was the coolest thing. They had like a schnapps tasting. They had all these different tastings. It is the prettiest city. I'm obsessed Very with Copenhagen. Charming. I would love to go back in the summer also um, because the winter is so mild, but it definitely seems like since you know, there are canals all over the place and water that would be awesome in the summer. The Nim Hotel had also uh, built a beautiful, like, rooftop infinity pool that we obviously weren't able to use because it was December. So, yeah, obsessed with Copenhagen. So we had, like, a three-hour break after all that and back to more eating. It was more than three (laughs) hours. I purposely did the earliest lunch seating and the latest dinner seating. Yeah, it just seemed like 20 minutes, but that's okay. Um... So you picked Relay to go to at night, um, which we were kind of hating on Geranium. I'm going to hate on Relay even more than that. So um, value-wise, it was great. However, it was just way too overrated for my liking. Okay, so let's take a step back. We were talking earlier about Renee's like all-star rising chef talent team. So Christian Puglisi is the chef owner of Relay. And so he was the first chef to move away from Noma and open a successful restaurant in Copenhagen. So when I was looking at dinners, we, we were only able to do two dinners in Copenhagen. I was looking at Relay. I was looking at Amas. I was looking at 108, which is also part of the Noma group. Relay was the highest on the world's 50 best list. It was the number 56 restaurant. So World's 50 Best now goes to 120 restaurants. And of the three I named, it was also the least expensive. And it had a Michelin star. So for four courses, it was 70 US dollars. And so I was like, to me, that seemed like a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, I agree on that aspect of it. Just, I don't know if it was like anything was going to do after going to Noma earlier in the day or what it well, was. Well, I think there, but... were, there were issues with with the food the duck which was the duck again (laughs) main entree yeah and so i think that you know you need to understand where you are in the world right so duck and reindeer are currently what's in season we've had no beef on this trip um and so i think that the there was a problem with the duck it was cold and tasteless in my opinion yeah i mean they sat us like up front where the open kitchen was which was fine we also didn't book that table. So online, they ask you if you want to sit in the dining room or in the kitchen. And so oftentimes in the kitchen, you're seated in booth-like chairs that 
don't have backs and so that's uncomfortable so i purposely booked us in the dining room they also like had a thing where they were pissed that we didn't want wine so we had been obviously eating and drinking all day they're very into their natural wine right so they must have asked us like five times do you want wine do you want wine what do you what wine you gonna get i'm like no i don't want wine that you were like a typical man stringing them along because you weren't committing you weren't like i do not want wine you were like eh, maybe later so he you're laughing you're smiling because you know it's true you weren't just like yeah no no thank you don't want wine i did say no thank you about the fourth time about the fourth time (laughs) um but yeah i mean it was it was fine it it certainly didn't deserve a what was it number 56 on the world's best list no um i don't even think it should be on the list at all there was like this comfy pumpkin situation which was good and the dessert but like if those are your two best things, then I don't think it's going to match up really well. So, and then back to the NIM to pass out, <laughs> basically. Um, and then on the last day, we went over to Sanchez, which is a Mexican restaurant. She's and, another Noma alum, so Rosio Sanchez. Yeah, and she was on Chef's Table. Is that right? Yes. On Netflix. She was and, also on my boy Phil Rosenthal's show, creator of Everyone Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. Love that Somebody man. Somebody feed Phil. So, so adorable. Um, and both Chef's Table and the episode of Somebody Feed Phil, she didn't have a full-blown restaurant at that point. It was kind of like a taco, outdoor taco stand, which was obviously seasonal because you can't have an outdoor food stand year-round there. So this is a brick-and-mortar place. Um, Ten-minute walk from the NIM, which was nice. Uh, went there for brunch, breakfast tacos. I have a, I have a question yes. for you. Aren't all restaurants brick-and-mortar? Well, some, no. Some could be, um, like, a taco stand. Some could be a food truck. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I just learned something. There you go. Um, breakfast breakfast tacos, tuna tostada, regular tacos. Um, they were good. They were good. Um, didn't blow me away, but they were good yeah, for brunch. Yeah, initially I thought mezcal that... Mezcal margarita, can't go wrong there. Yeah, her mezcal margarita was excellent. And initially I thought that the menu was so limited because it was brunch, but then I looked online for the dinner menu, and they also only had two tacos. They, In addition to the pork taco, which we had, they just had a vegetable taco. I thought the pork taco was excellent. I'm going to say it was probably the best taco I've ever had. Really? Yeah, I thought that... Well, they build themselves as the best Mexican food outside Mexico. So, did you feel that way? Um, I didn't love the other things, but that taco was excellent. I think it was uh, pork carnitas in there? Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a brunch, and then, um, yeah, we're back here at the NIM, um, and then we're getting set to head to the airport for part two of our journey. So... Um, our thanks to the lovely staff at the NIM Hotel. They were great. Um, highly recommend it. And we are off to part two of our journey. If you want to check out where we're going, some preview pictures, go to uh, the Instagram page, at the itinerary travel. Um, we are going to Scotland. So that is our next stop. That will be next, next week's episode, um, where we stay at the Glen Eagles Castle. Um, which should be fantastic as well. So um, pictures go there um, at the itinerary travel. um, And we will talk to you next week from Scotland. Bye. Bye.